welcome to Reviewing Westeros, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO and Sky Atlantic. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today is Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, how are you? I'm good, yeah, a little bit anxious before we started this, but uh, I'm, I'm feeling a bit calmer now, so... Uh, yeah, so Game of Thrones is back. We did our Season 7 preview podcast last week. Of course, that was with David, because in case you missed it, um, me and Chris will be doing... Hopefully, Chris will be in all the episodes, hopefully. Um, but David will be back in a couple of weeks. He's gone off on his holiday, so uh, who knows? Maybe by Episode 4 or 5 or something, it will be the three of us. So who knows what will happen? Um, but yeah, we're back to talk about the Season 7 premiere of the big HBO Game of Thrones, 701 Dragonstone. Uh, Chris, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was a very strong episode to come back on, especially yeah. with all the hype that Game of Thrones just generates. I have to wait a year for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, You know, it's not like The Walking Dead when you've got 16 episodes. Like, this season is only seven episodes. Um, so it's one of those things that is kind of like an event for a lot of fans. Um, and I think it did live up to the hype. Um, I would have liked to see more like concentrated areas of characters okay. rather than having to dart around so much so they couldn't really focus on um, some particular characters for the whole length of the episode. Right, right. That was one of my uh, main kind of criticisms with it. But other than that, I really enjoyed it. What about it, you? It, it's interesting how, um, not to kind of put it as a complaint, but in The Walking Dead they have too many single-focused episodes and then you come mm. over here and it's like five different sets of characters. Um, but uh, it, I, I like it when it's more sets of characters so um, I, I, I am all, all for it but like you said sometimes it can be a bit like chop and change a little bit uh, mm. yeah I thought this episode was great um, it, it had a couple of slow moments and bits and pieces but we're picking back up with Game of Thrones after a year after it's been off air for the year so it, sometimes when shows have been off, off air for so long you have to kind of settle back in and I think this episode did a really good job of that um, I thought that um, the Water Frey and Arya scene, uh, of course it is Arya, it's not um, Water Frey, I thought that was one of the best cold opens I'd ever seen. Um, yeah. And it did trick me in terms of, because, again, because the show's been off so long, um, when she took off Water Frey's face, I was like, oh yeah, she can do that thing. Um, mm. And then, like, it, it kind of took me back back there and it did, because uh, I thought, oh, this is like a flashback or something, they're, they're doing this for some kind yeah, of reason. Yeah, that's what I thought. And and then like all the people start getting um, poisoned and stuff, and she takes off her mask. I was like, that's just. And then she just walks out the room, and then the the theme tune just bursts onto the screen. I thought that was amazing. Um, but yeah, we got to pick up with lots of different characters like John and Sansa, and um, saw some of the White Walkers, which was pretty cool. We saw what Arya was up to. We saw what Cersei and Jaime were up to. So yeah, lots lots to lots happening in this episode. Um, and I have quite a few notes, so we should get straight into it. Uh, Water Frey slash Arya. Is it Arya or Arya? How do you pronounce it? I say Arya. Arya, yeah. Uh, gives, someone might say something about that, but who knows. Uh, gives a speech to his people, um, who we see it as Water Frey at first. Uh, gives them wine that poisons them. Then Arya rips uh, her face off um, and walks out in style. Um, she tells them that the North remembers and that Winter, tells them that Winter came for House Frey. I thought this was an amazing scene. Uh, some people said that, like the start, of the, the start and the end of these episode, this episode is uh, opens up with Arya and finishes with Danny and her dragons. Some people said that because season six yeah. finished with Danny, that it should have maybe started with Danny and finished with this. I think it works either way around. They're still great scenes. Um, I think it works either way around. How do you kind of feel about that? Well, I felt like um, in the Winds of Winter, which is the last episode of last season, yeah. I felt that was one of the was a really good place to end on, really, and it got a lot of people hyped for the Daenerys side of the story more than, say, you know, Jon's. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was good what they did in this episode because they made us wait for what we really wanted to kind of see Daenerys moving, mm-hmm. um, moving across the narrow sea and coming into Westeros. Yeah, I mean her her dragons, her dragons create such a spectacle, and like they come on the screen, and you see this like gorgeous view of like the land that she's going towards, and you see the sea and everything, and uh, this show look just looks so good. Um, And I mean, um, 
I don't, I'm not going to make too many comparisons to The Walking Dead, otherwise I'm going to keep doing that. Um, but, like, in The Walking Dead, they don't have as much chance to do that, because you don't have the same type of, of views, and you don't have the dragons, but, like, it, it gives them an opportunity to spend the HBO money in this show and, like, show off the dragons and stuff, so I thought that was great. Uh, anything else to say about the Arya scene? Um, the Arya scene, just badass, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that um, Arya's could be a real contender. Well, probably not for the throne, because I don't think she wants that. But she's really getting revenge on anyone who's done her wrong at this point. Mm. And I, I, I love to see that character develop. She's one of my favourite characters on the TV series at the moment. Me too, yeah. Uh, so the White Walkers walk to... That was a bit of a sentence to say. Walk towards the screen and they have three trolls with them. Um, something I picked up on and I haven't actually seen any theories online so I don't know if it was just me. Is Bran controlling the other troll as his eyes light up and we get f- we get a, a bit of focus on that particular troll and his eyes. And then it goes, it goes, the scene goes over to Bran and he's like closing his eyes from that like control thing he has. So I don't know if it was just me that, that thought that. But I thought that the way they focused on that one troll with different eyes um i thought that that might be something to do with that uh i'm really not too sure on that one i mean i did did see it happen but i didn't really make it much of it i kind of glanced at it on the first watch and then on the second watch i paid a bit more attention to it and uh i don't know it might just be one of my little it could be just like a um foreshadowing really that's what i took it as maybe maybe uh so yeah what did you think of the white walkers coming towards the screen in their thousands I'm just waiting for them to really make an impact in this TV series at the moment. Yeah. It's been the, the first um, the first ever episode of Game of Thrones. It was the cold open then where we saw them, yeah. and um, they haven't. They've affected Brand's storyline quite a bit, but they haven't done much else. Which is, I wouldn't say it's annoying, but you know they, they're gonna ha- they've got two seasons left. They're gonna have to do something to really make the hype for them up really Mm. i think a lot of people are very excited for their potential and um Mm. there's not a lot of people that know much about them um they're they're very much a mystery which um sometimes i I like that sort of stuff um but yeah i mean we we saw them like you said in in the pilot episode of the of the series when when they killed those guys and we saw a bit of them there we saw the most we've kind of seen is maybe the hard home episode in season five when uh, John goes to hard home and fights them, and then basically, in one of the best, probably one of the best scenes of Game of Thrones, where the Night's King is standing there, and all, all these dead White Walkers and, and that are behind him, and he just lifts his arm up, arms up, and they just come back to life. Um, mm. So we, me and David spoke about this a little bit in the preview podcast, but um, it'll be interesting to see their potential be released, which is kind of what, what you're hinting towards as well, with like them being teased a bit and we don't quite know what they're all about um so that'll be interesting to see like what kind of powers does the night king have how many times can he resurrect his his white walkers what what else can he do so um i think that's all very very interesting stuff but yeah um, i think they're, um, being, I... they're being teased in the right way maybe yeah definitely yeah. i just hope that in season eight or even late season seven we do actually get to see them in action fighting against one of the sides and you know, just <laughs> hope to really um see get wowed away by the extent of their power, you know, because mm. um, at the moment it's all about the the battle of throne. But then when they come in, it's going to be um, a battle that people in the south, like uh, the Lannisters, are not going to be prepared for at all. Oh, no, no, uh, no, no, not at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. You, you had some small conversations with um, Sam and I think it was the Maester and he's saying like I want to research these like White Walkers and the Dragon Glass and, and all this sort of thing and I, I every time somebody has mentioned White Walkers in this show and we've seen more we've seen more of them than what certain other characters have and a lot of people are like huh, these White Walkers they're, they're nothing we could probably like that, that's the kind of attitude I get from certain characters and yeah. it's going to be like it's like when when John was coming back in that boat and he saw the Night's King lift his arms up and John's like, oh my god, I need to tell everyone. He, that's the kind of look he has on his face. I just can't wait to see the reaction of certain characters when these White Walkers show up and they're like, we weren't prepared for this. We were massively underestimated. Um, and I, me- I remember when I was watching season five and that episode happened and uh, I was talking to this guy from like a Game of Thrones Facebook group and he's like a big book reader. He's like, knows mm. a lot about the lore and stuff and he's like yeah a lot of these characters are massively unprepared for uh 
for the White Walkers. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing where that goes. Um, Mira Reed comes with uh, Bran to the wall. Bran says the White Walkers are coming for them all. Um, he's He's got more of a, like we might die from this kind of thing and i'm like not quite as scared kind of look on his face um yeah they they're let inside after that um so what what do you think of brand's kind of feelings cuz he's got this sort of yeah he's got this like he kind of knows a bit more about them maybe but he doesn't seem quite as frightened um honestly i think that he's because of his foresight and everything that he has i do believe that <laughs> He's somewhat like um, sort of shocked by what he sees, yeah. um, especially when he's lying down there. Um, he did it, like the expression on his face was something that was. It wasn't just because he wasn't afraid of them. I think it was because um, he, he's just he's seen so much throughout those visions and stuff. Yeah. He he doesn't know really what to make of it at this point. Mm. He just knows the danger's incoming. He doesn't know how it's going to be, but he knows all that he has. He can do is really warn people. Yeah. I think it's uh, be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, moving on to one of the bigger scenes, um, Jon Snow. Um, for some reason, I wrote down Snow twice. Gives a speech um, as the King of the North and says, "Dragonglass is the most important as it kills the White Walkers." He says, "Everyone aged uh, ten to sixteen will drill daily." He says that the girls and women can fight too. Um, a couple of the other girls uh sort of stand up and say that they're gonna fight as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little girl who keeps speaking up, I couldn't find her name, she says um she wants to fight as well. T- there's maybe tension between John and Sansa. Um a lot of people have spoken on, spoken about that. Um what, how do you feel in, in regards to that? So what what is that bit with that again? Sorry? The uh Sansa and John kind of tension. Where do you think that, that might go? Um, I just think it was bad timing to do in front of, you know, the, the whole crowd if Sansa was to intervene like that. Yeah. Because um, John was trying to, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not a complete natural leader, but he, he's been given this role and he's probably the best person within Winterfell to take it onwards. Yeah. And the Sansa, Sansa kind of challenging his kind of almost speech, right, um, in front of like a load of people who have now just committed their loyalty to him. Um, it probably was not the best time to do that, if I'm honest. No, no. And I, um, I, can, I can see what Sansa's saying um, uh, about like how they just need to, before they can go offensive and everything, they really need to make sure you know it's, the defense is all sorted out. But at the same time, I, I, I do, I don't really uh, respect her for what she did then. Yeah, I don't think it's on the levels of like Jamie and Cersei, which. As me again, as me and David said in the preview podcast, mm. that Jamie could possibly just turn around and kill Cersei at some point. Um, I don't think that that's anywhere near the stage with uh, Sansa and John, so I don't think that, that there's a worry there. But oh no, not, I, like that. I do feel a sense of danger with Sansa, not necessarily from John, but maybe from Littlefinger, or maybe Littlefinger pulls somebody else into the game because we never really know what he's up to. To be honest, um, he's always got some kind yeah. of scheme that he's he's pulling. So I do sense some kind of danger for Sansa. I don't know. Maybe she's going to die. I'm not sure, but I, I kind of sense something there. I sense that Sansa. Um, Sansa's kind of idea of wanting power in this position now is like almost a second in command to John. Mm. It really comes from how she's been treated over the past few seasons from people like Joffrey and Baelish, and then. <laughs> And uh, Ramsay as well, most notably, probably. Um, and she's using this kind of power as, in some ways, um, not in the right mindset. I don't think she's in the right mindset to control so many people, make these kind of decisions. Mm. Um, I do think that the season will focus on her kind of, the, the thing that she has with Baelish in the moment, which is quite a creepy and quite unnerving interactions at uh, times. Yeah. Um, and I, I do believe that, I, I'm not, well, I say I believe, but I hope, and I also think that Baelish's downfall will be, you know, developing feelings for Sansa. Uh, a lot of the times in many seasons, he's kind of just um, what just wanted power, and that's the only thing he's wanted. But some, I, I really think that his um, his feelings that he's gained for Sansa will kind of detach him from that uh, idea of the throne, and probably, you know, not doing too well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think she'll, she'll probably have some part to play in his downfall, but mm. uh, we'll have to see who else has a part to play in it as well. 
Uh, speaking of Littlefinger, uh, sits and smiles in the corner as you know John's giving this speech. So I thought I'd just put that down and note that as well. Um, yeah, he he's basically you know you got all these guys who are kind of front and center, and then of course John and Sansa are there as well. And um, Littlefinger is just kind of sit- he's sitting. I see how you got like the rows of people. He's kind of sitting right on the on the end, like on the right hand side, and mm. just sort of sitting there smiling. And we, we, you know, he's planning something. So we'll have to wait and see what that is, of course. Uh, Sansa says to John, uh, "John has to be smarter than Rob and Ned because they lost their heads." Which um, Rob didn't, but Ned literally did. Unfortunately, um, they also talk about the difference in threat between uh the knight's king and cersei because he basically says um i know we don't want a good from this scene but he basically says that like cersei's a thousand miles away but you know he, he knows because because of again the hard home episode he knows what the knight's king is capable of so he's kind of like you know sansa seems a little bit more worried about uh cersei and john's like you know the knight's king is also coming as well so yeah yeah um i'm certainly more afraid of the knight's king than cersei so um yeah how, how do you feel about that well the thing is that the knight's king at the moment is a very he has a he has a large army of people yeah they don't that we don't know their intentions or anything at the moment we just know that they're they're coming to cause danger to someone most likely most probably john and his army considering they're the furthest north um, but the thing is with Cersei, we know her intentions, and we know what she wants, and she, well, she's got it at the moment, she wants a throne, and she has it. Yeah. But at the same time, she's struggling to make allies, and we also see this in, you know, in this episode, where she tries, um, to, uh, build something with Euron Greyjoy in his army, but that doesn't work out because of the two differing personalities that they have. Yeah. And because yeah. Jamie's kind of stuck in the middle. Oh yeah, yeah. a bit there. He, he's a bit like awkwardly stuck in that conversation, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah, it's literally the next thing. Uh, Cersei and Jamie have a chat about their enemies. Um, just something to to know. Do you listen to Spotify? I do. Uh, did you hear like the Game of Thrones advert on, on it? It's got, no, like, I don't. Um, um. There's a particular part of it where, uh, you know, sometimes the way you can hear something from the left and something from the right in your headphones. Yeah. You can hear these, like, steps coming towards you, and she's saying, like, um, enemies to the north, enemies to the east. And then when she says, um, like, east and west, you can hear it. You can hear her voice on, your like, your left and your right. It's, uh, oh, wow. it's quite creepy. Cool. So I don't know if the advert would still be around, but um, I thought that was, that was... I've got premium, so I don't get adverts. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, I thought that, that was... Uh, it was kind of creepy and interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, she says they have enemies to the north, east, south, and west. Cersei updates Jamie about Danny and says that Tyrion and and Danny are back at Danny's former family home, uh, which is uh, the name of the episode, Dragonstone. Um, Cersei says about Tormund and that they need to move on in quite the harsh way. Uh, she's like, oh, we him. he killed himself. We need to just move on and focus on what we do have, and w- not what we don't. We we lost like father and and all this and all that. So, uh, mm-hmm. which isn't unexpected for her character. You know, we we've seen what kind of person she 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 is now. Uh, she says that she's listened to her father for forty forty years and learned nothing. Um, do you think Cersei's going to die this season? Uh, no, no. Maybe no, about, um, uh, do you? Season. I think she could, but I think it's more likely for next season. Um, yeah. I don't know if it will be like a bit of a cliche finale series series finale death, but uh, I think it will maybe be next season. Um, yeah. What did you think of this scene? Um, I do think... Oh, well, the scene. Um, I thought it was very tense, and you really do get to see how Cersei only cares about the throne now. Mm, how pity um, she is. And... <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think she does also care about the Lannister kind of, you know, reign that they have. Yeah. Um, wanting her to protect Jamie in some way because, you know, there are only two Lannisters left and I don't think they want any more children, you know. <laughs> um, they keep dying. <laughs> yeah, they keep dying. That's the that's problem. Um, yeah, it's, it is tough to kind of really break down Cersei's character at the moment considering her whole motive is just to maintain power, yeah. power as much as she can. And I think Jamie 
has something like a bit ulterior. Mm. From this. I don't think he's completely with the whole power thing. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out mm. in the season. And I did like her comment in the end about, you know, how much Tywin's, you know, taught her or not taught her over 40 years or so. Yeah, I thought that um, map was pretty cool as well. So, um, was that guy painting it or was he doing, you know, the guy who was sitting down there and then Jamie like turned up and he's like, oh, I better go. Was he like painting it? Because somebody painted that thing. I, I'm not sure. I wasn't quite sure if it was him or not. I, I'm, I'm not sure either, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bit of a weird one. Mm, but I thought the map was pretty cool. So, uh, continuing with Cersei and Jamie, they disagree about the Greyjoys. Jamie says that they aren't good at anything. They aren't good at fighting and uh, all these other things that he mentions. Uh, Euron Greyjoy meets Cersei at King's Landing as she's sitting on her throne that she doesn't deserve. He offers her marriage. Um, he takes the piss out of Jamie by saying, "I have two good hands, and you should try killing your own brother. You might enjoy it." I thought that was some good kind of awkward comedy to put in such a serious. A serious show that has a lot of threat coming, you know, with the White Walkers and stuff. Um, so what did you think of uh, Euron, Euron coming and seeing Cersei? Well, first of all, from what I saw there, I do like Euron. Mm. He, um, that's why I know he's going to be a horrible villain. He's probably going to kill a few people. But um, at the moment, he's in my good books because he managed to get on Cersei's nerves, which is always good. Um, <laughs> and... Um, I, I like the kind of comedy that he brings to it. The very kind of careless attitude that the Lannisters kind of hate. They like people to be cared and tied to things so they can break them down. Yeah. But with Euron, he just seems so outgoing. Like, yeah, I, I killed my uh, brother and stuff like that. You know, um, I'll probably bring a few heads back to you as a little present or whatnot. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that's um, one of the reasons why Cersei and Jamie don't get along with Tyrion. Because of the kind of comedy that he has and how he likes to... Um, I mean, he can be serious at times. Yeah, Tyrion's very kind of e- easygoing. He'll let just let out. Ha- he'll just let things go quite easily. Oh, sure. Yeah. And um, that's probably why <laughs> um, he's not suited to the Lannister family, which is all um, just about the, the the you know the motive of gaining the most power possible in the whole kingdom. Yeah. Um. So he speaks about this gift, and there's been a lot of obviously speculation because this is a massive. Mm. What do you think the gift is? Do you have any predictions? I think it's going to be a head of some sort. Yeah, a lot of people are saying um, <laughs> a head, and some people are saying Tyrion's Tyrion's head, which is less likely because you know he's he's there with Danny now, and they've got three dragons and a massive fleet with them, so that's a lot more less likely. But maybe somebody else's head, or I'm thinking like maybe the Hound. Maybe, maybe because he did he did betray the Lannisters. Yeah, he didn't give and... any hints as to what it was. He's just like, no, no, I'm no. going to bring you this gift, which is, of course, you know, watch the rest of the season to find out. Or maybe even the uh, the Greyjoys, like Theon and Yara, because mm. he's got two more family members to kill, and that really proved how like villainous he is, and how um, dedicated he is to taking out people, um, uh, taking out people for Cersei. Yeah, I mean, like, he's killed his own brother, so he clearly doesn't care that much. Um, no. But what, what did you think of the two jokes? Like, I've I've got two good hands, and Jamie's standing there like, you know when you sort of silently say something to somebody and they, you give them a bit of a look? He, he's giving uh, Cersei this look of like, are you going to stand for this? You're like the queen. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, and the way he, he kind of lifts his two hands up a bit as he's saying that. And um, Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was funny as well. And saying, well, I think... Um... I do think that Cersei is trying to give him a chance in somewhat because she knows about, you know, she hasn't got many allies or whatnot. She sees people from all around Westeros and um, the whole map are coming in to attack her and um, dethrone her. Um, and she's trying to give him a chance, even though that she knows that you know, the personalities might not get along so easily. Um, you know, the motives of the houses. Yeah. Which is, um, yeah, which um, is a bit of an issue. For her. Um, she has to she has to know how to play off Euron Greyjoy and how to get what she wants from him rather than what he wants from her. Yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, I think she's one of the characters in the most danger at the moment. So, uh, mm. moving on to Sam, I only wrote down a short sentence because a lot of people said how unnecessary this scene was. So I'll I'll read out what I have and we can kind of discuss it. Um, and I, this is basically all the Sam scenes in one go, because they are split into three different sections. 
Uh, but Sam's working at the Citadel. There's he's cleaning up these guys poo or whatever. Um, he finds out about the dragon glass in this book, and he also meets Jora? Question mark. I put question mark yeah. because he's he was the one with the grayscale, and he's like stuck his hand out of this uh, uh, out of the door. Um, but he, he doesn't say this is Jora, and he doesn't. Yeah. You know, uh, of course Sam wouldn't. I don't think he'd know who who he was. So, what did you think of Sam's scenes in this episode? Um, I mean, the whole the whole thing about the menial chores and uh, Sam having to kind of just do all the things that he thought he wouldn't be doing in such a good place like Old Town. Um, that that got a bit uh, like that went a bit too fast at times with the whole montage. Um, I would I didn't rather really... have seen. I would rather have seen if you let's say you take the montage, but you mm. split it up into two more scenes like two two more like normal paced scenes i would rather have had the montage because it like skips it a bit yeah uh, as opposed to seeing it in normal speed any more times because we've seen it enough um so yeah it's just game of thrones being kind of you know nasty to its audience i guess and nasty to one of its characters uh one of its nicer characters like that so um yeah so do you think this is jorah I mean, he's the only um, person I think that we know that has grayscale. Yeah, I, I, it, with the, the shape of the face, and you know, because you saw a bit of a silhouette as he um, walked into the uh, the light there. That did look very much like Jorah, and I didn't think it would be anyone else, you know. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, I like the way that it's tying up because Jorah's obviously come to Old Town to find a cure for. Well, he, well, Daenerys has told him to find a cure for this, so then he can become an asset to her again. Yeah. Um, so and too dangerous to, to have around. So, oh yeah, and she does. I think she does care for him in like some some way. Yeah, definitely he, not this... in a in a romantic sense. I think he's, no. he's holding that one sided. Um, but she, I think she has somewhat respect for him. Um, but has said like you know go off and cure yourself, then come back because you know I can't have you infecting my army that I've worked six seasons to build. So yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I do think that's Jorah. And I do like um how he's he, he's come here and the stories are starting to link up now. Um, he'll tell Sam about um the whole what Daenerys's plan is, and then Sam will obviously because he's got contact with John, he'll send like a raven or something over there, mm. and then this is where everything will come together. And I hope to see this during season seven. Yep. So let's hope we see some more from that. Um, moving on to uh, unless you had anything else to say about Sam. Um. I personally, at the moment, just don't really find his character storyline that interesting. I know it will make more sense when um, he starts doing more research into the uh, the Dragonstone and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it will really come to the forefront of the story. But at the moment, him and... Is it Gilly? Yeah, Gilly is um, his wife. Yeah, his um, girlfriend-wife. What girlfriend-wife thing, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't really care for the characters themselves. I just care for the plot, really, that they're covering at the moment. Okay, I, I care about. I kind of I'm kind of the opposite way around. Is like, I hope Sam's plot moves forward, but I do care about these these two characters and the baby, of course. Um, so we'll, mm. we'll see where his character goes. Um, back with Brienne and Podrick, uh, practicing fighting. He's uh, learning his ways. Um, I was listening to some other stuff this this week, and you know, looking online and stuff. And some people are shipping Podrick and Sansa. Yeah. Um, As like her uh, next good romantic um, partnership. Because she no. got in the unlucky, you know, Tyrion thing, which was, you could say, the best of them. And then, of course, the horrible relationship was with Joffrey and with uh, Ramsay. So, obviously, Pod- Podrick's a much nicer person. Um, so, do you think they could get together? Maybe he, um, like, trains himself up against uh, Brienne, and then he, he, yeah. I haven't given it that much thought, but as in first thought, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't see that happening, really, but you never know. Maybe it does. Maybe. Maybe with some quick kind of character development. You know, we only have 12 episodes left of the whole show, so. Um, I don't know where uh, Podrick's character's going at the moment. I know he's training, and he's probably going to fight in some sort of battle yeah. soon. But um, other than that, I don't... See I can't imagine him and Sansa together. That probably wouldn't work out too well. But okay, uh, Littlefinger talks to Sansa. I think this is what you were alluding to earlier. Uh, Littlefinger mm. talks to Sansa and says, "Brienne is an impressive woman, 
she says um, he, he wants Sansa to be safe. Um, she says that uh, she has Brienne and asks uh, why she isn't happy and she wants peace and quiet. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and she will assume he was going to say something witty because he goes to get the last word and she's like, don't, don't, you don't have to finish the sentence, Lord Baelish. I, I'm going to assume it was something witty. And then he just walks off in like, mm. disappointment. And of course, Brienne is like, I wonder what he's up to. And um, Sansa kind of says, I know what he wants and doesn't kind of allude to exactly what it is. Uh, obviously, he wants power. He probably wants Sansa back again. That's probably the two obvious things. Um, and he probably wants whatever scheme he's he's cooking up. So... Um, yeah, what did you think of these interactions? Um, yeah, like the whole, uh, like I said, Baelish and Sansa interacting is just very unnerving for me because I know that Baelish has been an absolute creep and uh, we've seen his intentions in the past couple of seasons, what he wants from Sansa mm. and um, the fact that she has finally acknowledged that, you know, he's not just, he doesn't just care for her. He's, he is using her in mm. some way. Um, she knows that I guess she's she knows that his he's got a weakness now. She is he has advice, which is Sansa, and she's probably going to use that this season to really um, get under his skin, yeah. which would be an interesting interesting thing to say um, to see with um, the whole power play that's going on because he thinks he's got complete control, but uh, in reality, I think Sansa has more control than he's aware of at this moment. Yeah, I think I think Sansa kind of asserted that in this episode, she's got a lot more like confidence in front of him, and to to say say some of the things that she said, like "Oh, don't bother finishing your sentence," and she just looks so much more confident, you know, in control kind of woman. Whether or not whether or not this thing with her and John is working is beside the point to what I'm saying. Um, in terms of her personal character, like she's she's a lot more confident, and you know, because she's got away from these two horrible men that that she's been with in um Joffrey and Ramsay so those two are dead and they're in they're in her past so she can move on and focus leading with John and um you know getting the Starks back to power I guess so yeah um one thing within that scene okay. that I um that I uh, that gets to mind I really wonder what they're gonna do with Brienne this season because I think I mean she, you can see that she's training Podrick out but I reckon that she's going to get involved within what happens to Baelish. Um, I like to, uh, I mean, I'm not. Actually, I do like how interesting Baelish is at times, but in some ways, I do feel like his character arc is coming to an end this season. Um, I feel like we've seen all that we can from him, rather than someone like Varys, who's. I feel like we've got a whole new side to see with him this mm. season, and I reckon that Brienne um, will kind of help out Sansa and really try oh, and. Yeah. Um, identify what Baelish wants from this because you know in the when uh, in an earlier scene in this episode when John was uh, with uh, the crowd and he's just been named King of the North and whatnot, he uh, surely Baelish stood out not standing up and not saying anything when everyone else was just like uh, <laughs> celebrating. You know, surely there's got to, someone's got to notice that something's up. You know, he's not just out there to. Um, He's not just out there along to join in with the rider or whatever and fight no, the battle. He wants something more, but he's mm. you know he'll he's a bit like a, a counter attack character. Like he'll just wait and then kind of pounce um, in, in that sort of way. I mean, like the, in in the earlier scene with John and Sansa in in the room, um, they're both aware that like Littlefinger's there and you know he he wants mm. something, but they're just going to do everything they can to, to sort of not give it to him. So um, yeah. There's two types of power within the show, like uh-huh. physical power yeah. and mental power. I mean, that sounds very basic, but let me explain. Physical power is, um, you know, some of what the wildlings have, like Tormund and those giants. Right. And also, you know, the Night Kings, who, are, who they probably do have a bit of intelligence, but at the moment, what we're seeing is the physical strength that they have. And then you've got mental power, which is um, a lot th- something that Cersei... Varys, Baelish, Tyrion, all those kind of characters have where they'll happily sit on the sidelines and not get involved in combat mm. and let other people fight for them. Um, and I think mental power will will probably come as like the most helpful asset within winning the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Rather than, you know, getting involved in combat. Because even the giants and even the wildlings fell at some point, even when they had such huge power. Mm. So yeah, I wanted... Mm, go on. 
Now, I mean, you've got that with, like, you know, Cersei and, um... What's the thing? Her, her guard, what, what, I forgot what his name's called. With oh, that as well. Um, uh, the mountain. Yeah, the mountain. You've got, like, Cersei in the mountain, which he's clearly the power, and she's, like, the mind, so... Mm. Um, yeah, it's quite, it's quite interesting in the show. What, what was you about to say, Paul? Um, I, I was basically done, really. I was just going to say I want to... Uh, I really want to see how... Which triumphs, really. Yeah. Because... Um, the one thing I do worry about Jon Snow is that because he's got all this power and being named King of the North, he's going to go straight into combat and not realise, you know, the valuable, how valuable, um, just waiting things out is. Mm. Yeah. I feel like that will be his downfall in some way. Yep. Uh, moving on to the cameo that some people did, some people didn't like, and the, the, person here ultimately ended up deleting his twitter unfortunately uh ed sheeran is singing as aria approaches she tats chats to them through a bit um there's also an actor there whose name i couldn't find he's from this is england i don't know if that's a series that you've seen um he he basically he's sort of sitting i think it's the person next to ed sheeran or maybe the person after that um they ask why she is there and she says that she's heading to king's landing kill the queen they will laugh at her but she knows you know, what she's capable of so um ed sheeran what did you think of um his guest appearance in this um uh, i mean i do like ed sheeran as an artist and everything but okay. it wasn't it was an awkward scene this uh it didn't fit in too well if i'm honest um i know it's kind of a you know say oh look it's someone famous and whatnot but you know it just it came across as corny and really forced at times the whole singing thing as he's as Arya's walking up to you know the little camp that they've got there. Mm. Um, I think the point of the scene was to, to show that there are some good Lannister soldiers, um, rather than uh, you know the the more being under Cersei's control and being like the 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 villains of the series. But um, yeah, I, I wonder where they're going to go with his characters considering I didn't really move on. Uh, from the last we saw of Arya in this episode was her still with the group, so we're going to probably see them again. Yeah, some people were making jokes like, um, in the next episode, are we going to go to Arya and she's like strung them all up in the tree and she's like walking off in the reins of Castamere? I would um, not doubt that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what you said earlier. She's one of the most interesting characters in this show. Mm. Um, I think Maisie Williams does an amazing job. Um, my personal opinion on Ed Sheeran, I've I'm not much of a I, I listen to music that I like. It's about mm. my range. Um, I don't like follow particular artists or anything. I've of course heard his music in adverts and seen him in other bits and bobs and stuff. So I, I'm well aware of who he is. Um, I I didn't mind it myself. He was kind of there and then he, and then he, his scene was done. So it didn't it didn't uh, it didn't bother me too much, but. You know, as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, you know, loads of people are going to be complaining about this. And, oh, some people are like, oh, this has ruined Game of Thrones. I was like, this doesn't, you can't say this has ruined Game of Thrones. It's it's like a, what, two to five minute scene, maybe, of a guest actor in a 72 hour uh, drama uh, when it concludes. So, yeah, it, it didn't bother me too much. I thought he was just you know one of them kind of guests that you just sort of have um i don't think i think he's either i think she's either going to walk away and not kill them walk away um or kill them um but i either way i don't think we'll, we'll see him again i think that was just like a quick little guest appearance and given the next re- internet's reaction i don't think that will spur him on to to come back to the show i don't think if he's you know deleting his twitter over the harassment that he's getting so um, but then again, some people can't handle a female doctor. So there you go. Um, the Hound is traveling with some men. Uh, he looks into the fire eventually and says that he sees a wall of ice, a mountain that looks like an arrowhead, an army marching past, uh, like thousands of them. So of course he's seeing the White Walkers. Um, what's your opinion of the Hound so far? The Hound, um, I have enjoyed a story, like, uh, the storyline in like previous seasons um i'm interested to see where this goes with the whole um the thing we see in the scene and him looking into the fire and seeing you know like almost seeing uh like 
the hand of foresight, seeing the future. Yeah. Um, I think that's, a, that's an interesting way to go. It came a lot, cost a little bit corny, but the character of the hound in general is one that I want to see more of. I don't feel like I, uh, I don't feel like he's reached the end of his story anytime no. soon. No. And um, hopefully we get some sort of a battle between him and uh, Gregor soon. You know, the mountain. Mm. I mean, I see. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are, are rooting for that. So. Mm. Yeah, there's no. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't want to see that. So uh, let's just hope that yeah. the writers do. So um, yeah. Um, but um, in the last uh, season, you see uh, Tom and he, he when he was in power, he stopped trial by combat. So that's a that's a smaller, it's a bit of a lower chance than that happening now. Mm. Do you think that Cersei will just bring that back though? Does because Tom isn't around anymore. So. I'm not sure if she can though, because of the um, because of the law on how long it has to be before you can bring that back. Oh, okay. Um, I read somewhere that it wouldn't be as easy that for Cersei just to bring a huge, like a new law back. Okay. It, it, she'd have to pass like a lot of stuff through, yeah, which just break the rules. Everyone says it happened. That's break the rules. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was good to see some um, um, genuine kind of emotion out of the Hound. Like he's looking into the fire. He's like, Jesus, what am I seeing? Kind of thing. Um. And uh, yeah, I, I thought the whole thing was was pretty good. Uh, and then of course he finds these these other two dead people, um, and then he, he buries them as well. So uh, that's kind of all that happens in that scene. Um, unless you want to say anything else about it? No, um, I'm interested to see you know where kind of Beric goes though. Mm. As a character, because he, he seems badass with you know his flaming sword and everything. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> um, in a glorious scene uh, back with Danny's fleet, which is the one that I was uh, talking about earlier, she arrives back at her home called Dragonstone. At least that's what mm-hmm. I from my research. Um, I, I googled, like, what's Danny's home called? Because I'd forgotten or didn't know. And I ended up on this webpage, and I had to scroll past, like, six paragraphs just to find the actual name. <laughs> like, yeah. I've already clicked on your page. You don't need to take me down any further. Uh, she touches the sand and walks in, uh, walks past the throne. She kind of, a lot of people have analysed this, and we'll, we'll, of course, discuss it in a second. But she kind of looks at the fir- th- throne, uh, glances at it, and just walks past to the table, and she says, we shall begin. Um... So what did you think of her not even, like... She looks at the throne and then kind of doesn't look that happy or doesn't, like... Doesn't show much emotion and then walks straight past into the into the other room. What did you think of that? Um, I mean, that was interesting. I, I don't think she's one of the person to kind of just sit on the phone and think, right, you know, let's get going and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I'm now the new queen of this land and whatnot. She's... Very much a practical person who wants to kind of. Um, she's humble as well, but she wants to take. She wants to take down her enemies before she's proven her worth. Really, um, for her to just sit on the th- throne straight away would be mm. not very humble of her at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's not Cersei. Just like we'll sit there and you know pose in front of a load of people. Not hound. Mountain, go and kill everyone. Go and take out all the White Walkers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yes, so she's. Um, it was a good uh, thing for the fans. For the fans to kind of see straight away after the ending that she had in the Winds of Winter last episode. Mm. Um, and you know they they've always wanted to see so they move westwards from the season one, but it's taken a good like six seasons for that to happen. And now um, they're finally, people are finally excited that she's uh, she's here. Mm. Yeah. Um, what did you think of it? I I thought it was pretty good. It was um, after I'd heard people say like after the first watch, um, I heard a lot of people say like, oh, um, you know, why is she just like glancing it and walk past, um, which I I didn't quite pick up on. And then on the second watch, I I paid a bit more attention to that, and I was <laughs> like, yeah, that is a little bit odd, but maybe she does just want to be like, um. You know, like, when you say to... Let's say you say to a school child, like, you can't come home and play on your game. You have to do your homework first. It's a little bit of her, like, looking at that and saying, okay, I'm going to have this eventually, but I need to do some planning first, and then I can have my throne. A little bit similar. I know it's a very different thing to compare it to. Yeah. But in terms of, like, you know, do this thing that you have to do first, then you get what you want kind of thing. I think that maybe she's she's kind of prioritizing it like that. I'm not sure, but it's just, you know... She 
glance at a chair and walk past. So, uh, what do you think of these dragons? Do they impress you? Dragons, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm excited to see you know um, yeah, they come into more action. I mean, we have seen them in action and like that the White Walkers and stuff. Um, but I really want to uh, see them against some proper enemies rather than just a few people that Daenerys comes across back in the east. Yeah. Um, you know, like her, them against Cersei's army, or even, you know, again, warning a few people of John's army to kind of just back off or whatnot. I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting to see that. Mm. I mean, I'm, I want to see something new from them, perhaps. Maybe, like, a, a new like skill that develops, but I don't know how far that will go, considering we, how much we have seen of them already. Yeah, I mean, in the, I think it was the finale of last season, or it might have been episode 9, because I like to make the episode 9 special. Um, mm. They did do that, like, synchronised fly around the ships and burn people. I thought that was one of the most awesome things they've done. Um, but I agree, we do need to see... It's a little bit like, in terms of the White Walkers, we want to see more of both of those. But then again, they're the two most ex- expensive things to make in the show, so you can't necessarily, like, show them off every episode. Um, but it would be good to, to see some more of them. So, I, I think it's a case of, like... Um, HBO definitely has the budget to, to, to do more of these two things, the White Walkers and the Dragons, but we're running out of episodes and we need to finish this story, so maybe we'll we'll, sa- we'll get some of that saved for, for a bit later, which I know has been a, a consistent kind of theme of, like, see a bit of them, see a bit of them later, see a bit of them, but, you know, you do have to save the good stuff for when, it, when it's ready, so. Um, yeah, and that's the end of the episode. She says, well, she'll begin, and then you get the credits, so... Um, yeah, anything else you want to say before we finish up? Um, not particularly, unless you want to just look through some of, you know, like make some predictions or whatnot for the upcoming season. Um, okay, so I, like I said before, I think Cersei's going to die next season. Um, I think that Sam's plot will move forward a bit more. Uh, hopefully in the next, hopefully in the, hopefully the next episode we see him. Maybe he'll be out of the citadel. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much more he's he's got to do or got to earn. <clears throat> but um, that's sort of my prediction for him. I think we'll see Dra- Jorah a bit later in the season. I don't think he'll be healed, but I think we'll see him a bit more. Um, I think we'll continue to of course see more of Danny's plans um, and hopefully find out. So I hope we don't get too many teasers of what Littlefinger's up to. I hope we actually get some information from that because we only have six mm-hmm. episodes left of the season and then we have uh, six episodes left for next season and then the show's over. So, um, yeah, it's time for these plots to progress a little bit more. So, um, I, I know it's the first episode back and we need to kind of settle in, but, um, yeah, that's roughly my predictions. What about you? Yeah, um, I do think that this season is gonna be a very build, huge build up to the next season considering it's like the final one um, they do have a spin off set but um, mm-hmm. I, I do you know it, this is the main like storyline that I want to see go out I don't really care about what's going on with the spin off right now um, I do from what I've seen from the, the rest of the season trailer or at least the episode 2 trailer I'm not sure which one it was there is going to be a lot. There is going to be a lot of action, and I hope things really do pick up the pace. Because I do feel like this episode was a bit slow at times. Um, in terms, I'm not going to make too many predictions in terms of deaths because you know there's so many characters and so many kind of questions about who's going to side with who at the moment. Right. Um, I I do want to say that maybe John will go the season um, in in a very heroic really? manner. I'm not sure. Okay. But but maybe. If he goes this season, then maybe it'll be like a Daenerys versus Cersei thing next season, and then maybe they'll throw a year on it, and then you'll get like a very, um, very interesting battle. Really, mm. I'm not sure how that will go down, but that's just a personal prediction. Okay. Um, in terms of John and Danny, I think, well, to say somebody's safe on Game of Thrones is maybe stupid, but. Uh... <laughs> Because, you know, Ned Stark. But um, I do mm-hmm. think that those two are safe until the final episode. I think that they have to have a bigger part to play in the battle. Um, but, you know, again, it's Game of Thrones. Nobody is safe. So who knows what might happen. But, uh, yeah, that's our review for the first episode of Season 1. Hope you all enjoyed it. 
Uh, you can find all the rest of the content on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, I can say now that tomorrow, which will be Thursday, um, I'll have my first impressions for Crash Bandicoot 3, um, which will be up on the website as well. And then Friday, uh, podcast that we've already recorded. We recorded it on Sunday, so yeah, it's already um, done and dusted. Uh, me and Robert did our review for Season 3 of iZombie, because our schedule was a little too packed at the time. Uh, just the same way that we did uh, Better Call Saul and Prison Break. So that'll be out on Friday, and then of course we'll start with new stuff next week. Um, I have finished Crash Bandicoot 3, so my review of the trilogy will be up soon. Um, I have to gather my thoughts a little bit more, and you know, it's three games to review, so it might take a little bit longer. Um, me and Robert continued our uh, video game coverage. We discussed the Shadow of Warcast, as well as um, some more VR game talk and some other things as well. Um, so a little bit quiet on the game news at the moment, but there are some other conferences coming. And we did discover E3, so if you're interested in our thoughts on that that we did a few weeks ago, go ahead and check that out. Uh, and of course, there's other things that I'm working on as well, so look, for, look out for those on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, one thing that I don't ask for enough, which I probably should, is it would help if you guys uh, rate and review us on iTunes. It's one of the free things that you can do, because uh, of course I do ask for Patreon support as well, but if you would just like to help out, um, iTunes reviews would help a lot, um, because yeah, it would help us to get seen in the charts as well. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at eTalkUK. Um, you can send any increase in any feedback, either on Twitter or on the post or on the Facebook groups. Um, or by email to entertainmenttalk at hotmail.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. You can also head to the about tab and in the support us page to see other options as well. But yeah, that's our coverage of the premiere for Game of Thrones. We'll see you next week. I don't know what the next week's episode name is, but I'll have it for you next week when the episode happens. And until then, we'll see you on the next piece of content. And hopefully, George will finish Stan Book soon. So um, yeah, we like to yep. say that at the end of these episodes as well. So. Yes, we'll see you on the next piece of content. Goodbye. See you.